What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So there is a lot to discuss today. A lot going on around the baseball world. Let's start with the biggest news. So following from our most recent episode, we were talking about players who might get elected to the Hall of Fame on Tuesday night, and it was Scott Rowland. He indeed got enough votes to be inducted to the 2023 Hall of Fame class. I mean, this was a meteoric rise. Meteoric rise, and he's now going to be enshrined forever. 76.3% of the vote. It was a huge jump from last year. Last year, he had 63.2%. He jumps to 76.3%, which is above the cutoff of 75%. Now he is a Hall of Famer. 47-year-old Roland played for the Phillies, Cardinals, Reds, and Blue Jays. And this was his sixth of a possible 10 appearances on the ballot. And support for his case increased dramatically in recent years. And he, he got huge progression. I remember when he was first on the ballot, only got 10.2%. And he's just climbed his way up year after year. It was 10.2, 7. I'm sorry, 10.2, 17.2, 35.3, 52.9, and then this year is 76.3. So this is also historic because he had less than 15% support on his first ballot. And in the history of the voting process, no player had ever gotten less than 15% support on his first ballot and gone on to be elected by the writers. This kind of goes back to what I was saying the other day. I was saying it doesn't make sense to withhold a vote for a player on a first ballot because you don't think they deserve to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I guess there's some voters who believe, oh, this player is a first... First ballot Hall of Famer, or he's just a Hall of Famer. Or like, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. He doesn't deserve to be there on his first. I, I don't see the logic behind that because Scott Rowland didn't hit any more home runs between 2018 and now. He didn't play defense. He didn't. He didn't play any games. He didn't do anything. His resume has stayed exactly the same. So what changed? I mean, obviously, what changed is that people woke up to the fact that he was an elite player, and you know. Looking at sabermetrics, wins above replacement, there was really no argument to be made because he has a higher war than players who are already in the Hall of Fame. But I think we are starting to see trends change as to how voters are voting. Who else had a really big jump this year? Well, Todd Helton. Todd Helton had a massive jump this year. He ultimately fell just 11 votes shy of the cutoff. But he's on pace to perhaps be in next year. He received 72.2% of the votes. Last year, he was in, at an even 50%. And he gets a further 22.2%. That's that's pretty big jump. Billy Wagner had a big jump. He got 68.1%. Last year, he was at 61%. This, is, this was his eighth year on the ballot. He only has two years of eligibility remaining. But he really gained some serious momentum these past few ballots. Could he make that last push next year? And then Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones got 58.1% of the vote. And that's a that's a big jump from last year. Last year, he had 41.4%. So that's a pretty big jump. And then also, Gary Sheffield had a big jump this year. He took 55% of the vote, and that was an increase from last year where he was at 40 40.6 percent if my math is correct there 40.6 percent so 
these are the guys who had really big jumps and that's a good upswing i think next year we'll have a chance to see a few players in instead of just one player getting elected through the voting process but scott Rowland is going to be enshrined in the hall of fame with fred mcgriff this summer in cooperstown so congrats to scott Rowland, long time third baseman obviously one of the best of all time so in other news we do have some more news some signings the a's have signed jesus aguilar first baseman jesus aguilar he's getting a deal that'll pay him three million dollars for one year so aguilar is 33 in june he's appeared in the past nine mlb seasons and he's had an interesting career so far it's been up and down you know kind of you don't know what you're gonna get with him he didn't produce much with his first three years in cleveland and then after that, he was claimed by the Brewers going into 2017 and made the most of his new opportunity. He hit 51 homers over the next two seasons and a 127 weighted runs created plus. But then he kind of fell off in 2019 to an 82 weighted runs created plus and, you know, went down. He's, he's just done from team to team, the Rays, Marlins, and just been around. At this point, you're just hoping that he can hit, he can hit some home runs for you. I mean, he's a negative war now. I mean, he had that really good season, that all-star season in Milwaukee, but he has not approached those numbers really ever since. I mean, he had a briefly decent stint with the Miami Marlins, but besides that, I mean, we saw him with Baltimore for a little bit last year. Anyway, it's not like the A's are spending much. They're only spending $3 million for Jesus Aguilar, and we'll see what he'll do. The Red Sox made a trade. So the Red Sox don't have a shortstop, and this seems to be their their fix. They went ahead and traded for Adalberto Mondesi. So they added some much-needed middle infield help on Tuesday. They sent him, I'm sorry, the Royals sent him to the Red Sox in exchange for left-handed reliever Josh Taylor. And Mondesi is extremely talented. He's 27 years old, but he did tear his ACL last April. He's had some significant injury problems dating back to 2018 he's only appeared in 40 percent of the royals possible games you know right shoulder impingement a groin strain a couple left shoulder subluxations left hamstring strain oblique strain of course that acl that wiped out his 2022 season i mean those are some serious injuries it's a daunting list of injuries but when he is on the field which isn't too often he's got this interesting blend of power speed and defense so in his career, which is 1,366 plate appearances, he has 38 homers, 54 doubles, 20 triples, and 133 stolen bases. He's a speed guy. He can really steal a lot of bases. I mean, if we just look at, if we go back to that pandemic shortened season in 2020, he led the league in steals, 24 steals in 59 games. If we go back the year before that, he played 102 games, he stole 43 bags. The year before that, he only played 75 games, but he stole 32 bags. That's what you're getting with him, but he doesn't get on base. So, I, I mean, it's just like the rare times he does go get on base, he's, he's, he's going. He's a green light guy, but his on-base percentage is 280. So, it's not a flashy signing for the Red Sox, especially considering the fact that he is coming off ACL. I mean, he tore his ACL in April. So, around opening day, he'll be a year removed, which means he's definitely going to be fine and be able to play. But, you know, we know it can be a little bit for for things to come back for a player coming off that injury. It could take a little, maybe a month or two, but he'll, he should be fine. He should be, he should be just fine when, when you look at everything. 
So that's what the Red Sox are gonna gonna try to do. I mean, obviously we know the story. Bogarts left. Story is out for at least a significant portion of the season. So Kike Hernandez is gonna play middle infield and alongside it looks like Mondesi and also Christian Arroyo can play some second base regularly. So that's gonna do it for today, folks. Mainly wanna talk about the Scott Rowland induction, but a couple other signings and trades right there. But if you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.